why Icy Mike, hard to hurt, is wrong about everything. Self-defense, self-awareness, self-development. This is the Martial Arts Podcast with Phil Elmore. Hello and welcome to the Martial Arts Podcast with Phil Elmore. The Martial Arts Podcast with Phil Elmore is a production of themartialist.net and philelmore.com. I am your host, the aforementioned Phil Elmore. Let's see how many times I can say my name in the opening. For some time, when the topic of Icy Mike Pesesco comes up, I have had nothing good to say. And people will say, well, what is it about him you don't like? And in order to be able to explain that in detail, I had to subject myself to the painful process of actually enduring multiple Icy Mike hard-to-hurt videos. And that was something I avoided for a long time because I didn't want to do it. Uh, it wasn't fun. And actually, I had plans of scripting this whole thing, writing out, you know, in sections in a very logical manner, and I just couldn't do it. What I finally did was I put my notes down sort of in a live tweet fashion. As I watched the videos, I put the notes down. We're going to go through my notes, and I'm going to expound on them. And we're going to explain what's wrong with Icy Mike. Uh, let me start out by giving you some background. Mr. Pesesco came to my attention when, a number of years ago now, while participating in a discussion at the MixedMartialArts.com Other Ground Forum, he agreed to fight one Ninja Ron Collins. Ninja Ron Collins was <coughs> excuse me, the subject of a former video here, uh, a for several former videos here several former podcasts here if you're watching this or if you're not watching this let me back up this is a podcast that also has a video component if you happen to watch the podcast on youtube which you shouldn't do because it's a podcast and you should watch not audio if you subscribe to the martial arts podcast with phil elmore i hope that you will also subscribe to surviving the news my news and commentary podcast if you don't subscribe to either one of them i hope you'll subscribe if you subscribe on youtube but not on an audio podcast platform i encourage you to listen to the audio on a podcast platform because podcasts are awesome and if you aren't subscribed on YouTube, but you're subscribed on a podcast platform, I hope you will subscribe on YouTube because you'd be doing me a favor and it's nice to see the numbers go up. All of that said, uh, Mr. Pesesco agreed to fight Ronald Collins, the topic of previous broadcasts here, uh, mostly because he could. And Mr. Pesesco has been, he's been chasing sort of viral fame in the mixed martial arts world for quite some time, as near as I can tell, and has, I would say, achieved that. Um, he agreed to the fight. The fight was very well publicized on the internet because Ron Collins has been a notable figure in the online martial arts for many years. You know, he's made something of a nuisance of himself for a couple of decades. Um, and so when, when Mr. Pesesco agreed to fight him in a backyard street beefs match, this was very exciting, and the thought of Ron actually getting into a ring, if you want to call it that, you know, fighting someone, was actually kind of exciting because Ron for decades had been talking about how tough he was, talking about what a street fighter he was, talking about how nobody could beat him and he was the best there was, and he used to engage in illegal pit matches and street fights and all this other nonsense, this made-up nonsense. And so briefly, I thought... Mr. Pesesco is doing the Lord's work. And then he started talking. And I quickly realized that as much as I, as much as Ron Collins is a person 
I would not prefer be anywhere near me or anyone that I like. As much as Mr. Collins has threatened to murder people I care about, threatened to murder their children, threatened to murder them in front of their children, as much as he's made threats to government officials and prosecutors and police, all of that, I wanted him to win that fight against Pasesco by the time the two of them fought. Because I see Mike Pasesco is the most arrogant, tiny little garden gnome of a man I think I've ever seen. Now, I know that there are many people who don't have a problem with him. And there are many people who find his YouTube channel entertaining. And that's the thing of it. His YouTube channel is entertaining. If you don't know anything about the topics he's discussing. If you do know something about the topics he's discussing, it's infuriating. (coughs) Now, I'm not talking about mixed martial arts. Mr. Pasesco owns his own gym. Uh, Presumably, this is what he does all day long. And when it comes to mixed martial arts, I'm quite certain he's an authority. Um, I I give him full credit for that, and as long as that was the topic he was confining himself to, I would not care. But in branching out into a kind of viral fame, this is when I first started seeing people sharing Mike's videos, and that's when I realized this had actually become a problem. He had parlayed his fight with Ron Collins, which was him punching Ron twice, knocking him down one of those times. Um, He parlayed that into YouTube success. To the point that his channel is not just well-trafficked, but I see people share the videos on social media, on Facebook. Um, so, and, and, oh, not just Facebook. I've seen, I'll be scrolling through Instagram, you know, and, and I'll see a, 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 an outlet that I like, something that sells knives or training gear or something like that. And this happened just recently. I was scrolling through Instagram. I saw a place that sells like training guns and training knives and stuff like that. I got all excited, and as I was scrolling through their feed, there is Icy Mike Pasesco doing a product endorsement. That happened with a knife, too. There was a company that makes knives. He endorsed one of their knives, which is very curious in terms of endorsements because Mr. Pasesco has a very low opinion of knives as self-defense weapons. We'll, we'll get to that. So it's like, it's like finding a bug at the bottom of your box of milk when you're a kid. You know, it's it's like finding something awful inside your cereal box. You're, you're minding your own business, and suddenly there's this arrogant, ill-informed, four-foot-tall little man who is so arrogantly convinced that he's always right about everything, and you are always wrong, and nobody can fight if they disagree with him. <clears throat> now, the martial arts always includes a degree of subjectivity. Especially, you know, and there's the constant back and forth between, well, sports are proven and pressure testing and classical martial arts, traditional martial arts are not, and on and on and on and back and forth, and that's not an argument we need to have right now. The fact is, though, there's there's a line between I have my opinions, this is what I think works, this is what I think doesn't work, and then there's the arrogant condemnation of anyone who has the temerity to disagree with you as just, well, they can't fight. You don't know that, you're just saying it. Because it makes you feel good. It makes you feel special. And especially when it comes from somebody whose point of view is mixed martial arts, a, a sporting symmetrical competition, to try to apply that worldview to an asymmetrical uh, real-world self-defense scenario involving weapons and the potential for death and maiming and you know things that you never do in a sporting context, they're just not the same thing. And this is not... You know, you should study a reality-based system that's way too deadly to spar. Nobody, nobody's talking like that. And yes, those statements have been made, but 
for the most part, when mixed martial arts people criticize people who are focused on self-defense, they are building a series of straw men and then knocking them down, which is really what Mike spends most of his time doing. Building a series of straw men and then talking about how easy it is for him to knock them down. He gets out a step stool, he climbs the step stool, that puts him at about waist level, he punches them in the liver like he did Ron Collins, and then they fall over. So, I will, I will pause to bask in the glow of my own joke for a moment there. Um, to give you a little background though, Mike was, he's formerly a police officer. He's very proud of the fact that as a four-foot-tall police officer, he was able to hold his own against the presumably the suspects that he contended with. Um, he eventually got into whatever it is he does. He runs his own mixed martial arts gym. Um, the Street Beast fight sort of launched his YouTube channel, and now he's, he's a bona fide mixed martial arts YouTube personality. The problem with him being a bona fide YouTube personality is not anything to do with mixed martial arts, which is his purview. It's that he's constantly offering opinions on self-defense and self-defense weapons that are completely ill-informed. A garden gnome who seems generally to dislike most civilian weaponry and whose hostility to everyday carry and tactical communities is pretty obvious should not be your go-to authority on these topics if you want an honest read on them. They just shouldn't be. Now, let me say from the outset, Mike's not wrong all the time. Very few people could be wrong all the time. Um, one of his videos is even titled something like, Combat Sports Training is Bad for Self-Defense. And I don't disagree. I, I didn't bother to watch that one because he may have been trying to be clever. He, he certainly is a capable marketer. His thumbnails are good. His titles are very clickbaity. They're designed to get attention. Um, but when a four-foot tryhard who's been chasing online fame for years starts clickbaiting fundamental self-defense concepts in order to get views, you're not being taught, you're being marketed to. And, and that marketing is important. Really, Mike's channel is marketing, not teaching. It is marketing in the context of teaching where Mike then throws in some affiliate links for products and does some product endorsements along the way. Now, as somebody who spent years in internet marketing, I don't begrudge him that, but it's important that we understand that's what's going on. <coughs> I'm gonna start going through the notes that I sort of, I sat down in a cafe and with my earphones in, I just started watching ICMIC videos and taking notes. So we're gonna go through my notes as I took them. And Lord help us, it's not gonna be fun for me. But I'm going to explain why, just a, a smattering of why this guy is, when he's right about weapons, when he's right about self-defense, it's usually by accident. And the reason I have a problem with that is because for so many people who don't know much about these topics, because, you know, not everybody does, they're going to see his videos because they're popular and they get shared, and they're going to form a default opinion based on his ignorant ideas. And that bugs me. It bugs me when people talk about things they clearly not just that they clearly don't know about, but that they admit they don't know about. You know, Mike's made no secret of the fact that he doesn't know what he's talking about when it comes to a lot of these topics. And yet that doesn't stop him from having really defined opinions about them. Uh, for example, he says he's... Uh, some of these videos, I watch them out of order, so his opinions have clearly evolved on a few of these things. So where there is contradiction or where he has subsequently modified his position will allow for the fact that he no one is completely consistent and sometimes people change their positions. But at one point he posed a video about how much he hates mag lights. 
and his proof for hating maglites was that he was unsuccessful grappling with a maglite. He even made the statement that impact weapons are wildly overrated for self-defense and law enforcement. Neither of those statements is true. Impact weapons are incredibly effective for self-defense and for law enforcement when used correctly, when used by people who've been taught how to use them. Um, <clears throat> he seems to think that scenarios where you can hit someone with a mag light simply aren't going to overlap with scenarios where you can actually use it to good effect. This is what happens when people who don't understand impact weapons opine on how useless various impact weapons are. Um, we could probably devote an entire video to the concept of impact weapons and whether or not they're useful for self-defense. Because we've got so much ground to cover here, you're just going to have to take my word for it that he's wrong. And as proof of my assessment that he's wrong, I give you all of human history where impact weapons were developed and have been used and were effective enough that people took the time to bother to ban them in a lot of states and a lot of municipalities, a lot of cities. You know, try to carry around a pair of brass knuckles. You're not going to find that it's particularly easy or legal to do so. Hmm, I wonder why. Now, granted, the fact that some politician somewhere took the time to make something illegal doesn't necessarily mean it's effective, just that it looks scary. But, you know, when it happens so consistently across so much territory, I'm betting there's something there. And the fact is, you don't want to get punched with brass knuckles. You don't want to get hit with a sap. You don't want to take a coupaton to the face or even to one of your muscle groups. You don't want to get smacked in the face with an extendable baton. <clears throat> now, I know police officers who are not overly fond of extendable batons compared to solid batons, but that doesn't mean they're not effective for civilians. It doesn't mean they're not effective for self-defense and that they can't impart damage. <laughs> so, uh, setting aside all of the knife videos that Mike does now, uh, given that he's admitted he has almost no knife training, one of the things he said and done that irks me so much is basically condemning knives. He, he basically doesn't like civilian weapons overall. He has that sort of mixed martial artist sneering contempt for the idea of carrying a force multiplier. People who understand the viability of weapons for self-defense understand that they're never going to be the biggest and the strongest and the bestest with the mostest. You're always going to find somebody else who's better. And as you get older, you're going to become weaker. And, and yeah, there are some guys who manage to stay really fit and really strong well into old age. They are the minority. The reality of aging is that you will get less physically powerful. You will be less able to muscle through techniques. You will have to rely more on force multipliers to do more with less work. <clears throat> uh, one of my, here, here I have in my notes, uh, Situational awareness is not the answer to self-defense, and stop saying situational awareness. These are either titles of videos or they're in the thumbnails. Um, <laughs> spoiler alert, yes it is. Mike seems to find the topic boring. Um, keep your head on a swivel is boring drivel, says Mike. and he, It doesn't matter that you find it boring, it's a fundamental. Yes, situational awareness is the answer to self-defense. Every single person who understands self-defense, every you know, experts far and wide, will tell you, number one, the first most basic tenet is to be aware. Now, again, you could come back and say a lot of this is clickbait and that he'll contradict the very titles in these videos when he comes back and actually explains what he's talking about. I understand that. But you also have to understand that just like some people only read headlines when they go through the newspaper, 
Some people see the titles of these videos and they draw snap judgments, they form default opinions, and they just keep right on going. If something's not fun and interesting, people aren't going to do it, he says. And up to a point, he's right. But he's also very, very wrong. People have been doing things, learning things, that are not fun and interesting for a very long time. Uh, in my case, I, I once shocked a friend of mine by telling him that I've never really enjoyed martial arts classes. I've gone to them for many, many years. I've attended seminars, I've attended classes. He was shocked when I told him, no, I've never really enjoyed it because he loves going to the classes. And I tried to explain to him, like, I, given my druthers, would rather not be doing this. It's a lot of hard work. But I engage in that lot of hard work because I want the outcome. I want the information that is imparted to me. So when you value something more than you dislike or find boring what you're doing to get there, you do it. Life, being a grown-up, is all about forcing yourself to do stuff you don't want to do. That's what, for most people, having a job is. Nobody's suggesting that you stop having fun. Situational awareness simply means being aware of your environment rather than being complacent in the case of the situational environment and stuff. Uh, elsewhere, Mike claims there's no such thing as a self-defense school. He is aware of the contradiction and the fact that his own school says self-defense on it. I have a problem with that right away because what he's doing is mixed martial arts. It's not self-defense. Um, and... The video that claims there's no such thing as teaching self-defense is sponsored by a bulletproof backpack. Now, there are plenty of people in the market selling bulletproof items. Uh, Damien Ross at the self-defense company, who I really like, I like his stuff. Um, somehow Damien Ross manages to teach what he teaches. It's extremely effective, and he manages not to be incredibly annoying like Mike is. So, you know, maybe take a few cues from that because Damien is not by any stretch a go-along-to-get-along sort of guy. He's incredibly uh, fiery in his opinions and his approach. I just saw a video of his recently where he, some guy approached him about getting a free sample of some product and was a jerk about it or didn't understand Damien's attempt to joke around with him and, and got really obnoxious, and Damien was not having it. So number one rule of the self-defense industry, don't pick a fight with Damien Ross. That's an aside. Anyway, uh, so in his, in his video, Mike says that people who claim you shouldn't prepare for the worst, but rather prepare for what's most likely, are losers who can't fight. People like Mike love to proclaim people losers who can't fight. Um, this displays both Mike's fundamental lack of understanding of basic logic concepts, and also the thing about him that is most irritating, and that is he never, ever gets tired of proclaiming people losers who can't fight. Doesn't matter that he's four feet tall and that, you know, he's there's plenty of people in the world who don't have nearly as much training as Mike has who would just pick him up and throw him in a river. Doesn't matter. People are losers who can't fight if they disagree with me. Uh, he claims that nobody can teach you self-defense because the school would need so many experts as to be prohibitive. Why, imagine that. Self-defense is a complex topic. It's almost like you could attend a school for years and still be learning new things, which, honestly, is what's, what going to a self-defense school or becoming a student of self-defense is all about. It takes time to absorb it, and you can do it your whole life and still find new things to learn. This is, I'll be honest, this is honestly one of the biggest problems with anyone who takes an MMA approach to self-defense. Sports are not self-defense, and although they can give us useful components for training, like fighting or resisting opponent in combat simulations, the mindset that nothing works and everything you try will fail is just defeatism. 
Uh, Mike's whole presentation is basically in every video that everybody is wrong and nothing works except for the stuff that he teaches and that he does. And never mind you that he's roughly the same height as a living room end table. Um, being fit is self-defense, he proclaims. Uh, spoiler alert, no it isn't. Of course, being fit helps. But there are countless people out there who aren't fit. Are you just going to tell them, oh, up yours, you don't get to defend yourself? I hate to break it to you, but people who aren't fit do defend themselves successfully every day. Um, taking a sneering attitude towards those people doesn't help them. You know, like somebody's going to walk in and you're going to say, well, you know, you're, you're out of shape, so you're just not going to be able to do this. You're, you're, you're basically lost. No, you work with what you have. Everyone needs to be able to defend themselves right now. And especially as people get older, the mixed martial arts approach is simply not going to work for them. You know, you get, there is a huge niche in the self-defense world of people 40, 50 and older. And that's because as you get older, you also become more of a target. Because people look at older people and they see a potential victim who can't fight back. So none of those people are going to start training Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. The potential to get injured just in training far outweighs any benefit they're going to get from that kind of training. You have to tailor very specific self-defense methods and the use of self-defense tools, like force multipliers, like knives, like guns, whatever. It takes a practical approach, a real-world approach, that you're never going to find in a sporting context. So Mike Pesesco can stand on his, uh, his uh, step stool and yell at you about mixed martial arts and being fit and you know, losers who can't fight all day long. He's not helping anyone. He's not helping anybody except for the 20 to 25-year-olds who are the ideal audience for that type of mixed martial arts school. <coughs> or, more broadly, the people who are fans of mixed martial arts who themselves don't meet that standard, but because nobody's looking at them and they can hide behind the anonymity of their computers, they're free to criticize people who don't meet that standard even though they are among them. Uh, let's see, in another video... <coughs> Mike decides that fist loads don't work because Mike hurt himself punching a piece of plywood while holding a roll of quarters. Anyone who understands how fist loads work knows that the risk of breaking your hand is greater. They also know that punching a hard surface like plywood is stupid. When you're holding a fist load, you don't punch somebody in the top of the skull. You sure try not to, anyway. You know, uh, it just... It frustrates me to see so many of these straw men built and then kicked over. Because if you don't understand the weapon, then you're free to misinterpret how it's used, and then you're free to declare it useless because you have no clue what you're talking about. And that's my fundamental problem with Icy Mike Hard to Hurt Pesesco. That's my issue. Mike describes uh, Craig Douglas' uh, extreme close quarters concepts as one of the hardest training sessions of his life. I love Craig. Here's something fun. I've taken that exact same class twice. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to spoil your fun, but an out-of-shape goober like me took that same class and survived it. Granted, in one of those, I got injured pretty badly. <laughs> but look at me. It's almost like being fit helps you with self-defense, but that you can still manage to learn self-defense and execute self-defense even if you're not in great shape. <coughs> so I'm living proof that... You know, here's a class that both Mike and I did, that both Mike and I thought was really difficult, that we both survived. So, you know, weird how that works. 
Uh, and shout out to Craig Douglas, who's absolutely one of the best people in the world. Ultimately, <coughs> my problem with Mike Pesesco is it's actually twofold. One, he offers opinions on weapons he doesn't understand, hasn't trained with for any length of time, and he's too quick to dismiss. I've, I've touched on that already. Two, in his ignorant dismissals and condemnations, he's awfully quick to do that thing that all mixed martial arts guys like to do, and that is to proclaim that anyone who disagrees with them is a loser who can't fight. He can't be wrong in every case. I'm sure there are some losers who can't fight in the mix. But what you've got here is a formula for obnoxiousness. When people ask me, what's your problem with Icy Mike? I have to conclude that, well, he's a short, irritating a-hole. Uh, Mike did 12 minutes on whether screwdrivers can be effective weapons. Let me save you 12 minutes. Yes, but instead of the big flathead, go with a smaller Phillips head. Anyone who disagrees with Mike, again, is a loser who can't fight, but who thinks he can because anyone who disagrees with Mike's smug takes is racked with Dunning-Kruger. Um, I don't think brass knuckles are going through a skull without hurting your hands for your hand first, he says in one of his videos. No, idiot, they're not. Brass knuckles are not meant to go through your skull. That's not how you use them. Anyone who understands how to use a set of brass knuckles understands that there's a specific technique that doesn't involve just wearing them like you're wearing rings on all your fingers and wailing away at full power with your, your fist flat to the target, and especially not the skull. You don't hit the skull if you can help it. Mike mocks the people who correctly told him that he was holding and using brass knuckles wrong in a previous video, in that video, in fact. Over and over again, he seems to downplay the effectiveness of weapons he considers ineffective, either through straw man arguments or ignorance of the weapons themselves. Why, if you can't break bone with brass knuckles or nunchucks, they must not be effective. That's not what we're trying to do. Uh, Mike is frustrated, <coughs> he says in one of his videos, that people recommending targeting vulnerable areas like the eyes uh, criticize mixed martial arts for not practicing those techniques, and he rightly points out, if I'm judging the video title correctly, that you want to be close in for self-defense, but then stupidly thinks that eye strikes are happening at a distance rather than when you're up close and on top of somebody. In other words, his whole criticism, like uh, the, the, the reality-based self-defense people will say, you folks in mixed martial arts don't practice things like striking the eyes. And he points out, you're never going to be able to hit the eyes from a distance. But that's not where you do it. You go for the eyes when you're already on top of somebody and you can get your hand on their face. This is basic stuff, but when your whole outlook is one of contempt, one of smug superiority for anyone who disagrees with your sporting approach to what you think is self-defense and that you're very, very wrong about, then of course you just dismiss all these things out of hand. Uh, Mike did a whole video, in fact, crapping on knives as hard to use, unreliable, and reliant on wrestling. Um, no, no, and sort of. I took a, while, uh, a whole dedicated course on this. Uh, this. This course was using knives to get people off you in a grappling scenario, working your way to your knife when you're being grappled with, and then cutting your way out of a grappling situation. It's not that hard. But Mike's gatekeeping this is this is something that mixed martial arts people do all the time um you know this deadly weapon takes too much training to use no it doesn't it takes some training 
Um, he went on to make multiple videos about knives and self-defense, but early on it was like, oh, knives are ineffective and it takes way too much training to use them. And no, it doesn't, and no, they're not. Not in that order. Mike has a, a sneering contempt, in fact, for anyone who tells him he's doing it wrong or getting it wrong. And he frequently tries to preempt criticism in his videos by hanging a lampshade on these areas of ignorance. Um, by and large, though, just like with the brass knuckles thing, his critics are right. Um, four years ago, he stated flatly, while inexplicably gnawing on beef jerky in a video, that a knife isn't a self-defense tool. He was wrong then, and he's still mostly wrong, even though now apparently he's got a, a, a knife sponsor of some kind that he's willing to advocate for. Uh, he says that coupons are the dumbest self-defense weapon they, they are, that there is. Um, that's just stupid. He says that people who carry coupons can't fight. <coughs> no, uh, unless you think physics is stupid. Um, the video, though, isn't really about the weapon. He understands the physics of concentrating the power of a blow into a smaller area. It's more about his hatred for the imaginary people that he thinks like coupons. Coupons are simply one tool. I don't know of anyone um, that that just fixates on the coupon as the end-all, be-all, and they carry nothing else, and they've got the coupon on a special little magic holder, and that's their go-to. You know, Mike will tell you all day long that he likes tactical pens and flashlights. He gets how they work, but he's very, very angry at the non-existent people who quote-unquote swear by coupons. Nobody advocates the coupon as the end-all, be-all of self-defense, except for maybe Tak Kubota, the guy that the thing is named for. Uh, Mike correctly states that the first and best self-defense weapon is a gun. That's correct. He says that the second is knowing how to fight, but since he defines that as does mixed martial arts, he's wrong. Uh, the second best weapon for self-defense is actually a knife in terms of the power that it brings to bear on an opponent with the amount of effort exchanged. Uh, Mike then says that the single best self-defense weapon is a flashlight. He's not wrong that they're good weapons. <laughs> I wrote the book on it. That's right, me, Phil Elmore. I'm the first person to write a book on using small flashlights for self-defense. So here you've got Mike, I see Mike Pesesco, Mr. Hard to Hurt himself, advocating flashlights as, the, as essentially the end-all, be-all self-defense weapon because they are impact tools. Well, buddy, I know. I wrote the book on it way before anybody had heard of you. And I, I really don't like to hang my head on that because I'm not trying to be arrogant or anything like that. But, you know, it's almost like there's lots of people in the world who've been doing this long before you came along. You know, back when you were knee-high to a grasshopper's knees, you know, and now that you're as tall as two or three grasshoppers on each other's shoulders, there were people who knew more than you and still do. And fundamentally, that's that's where I'm at when it comes to I see Mike Pesesco and uh, Mr. Mr. Hard to Hurt's YouTube channel. Uh, I think... For me, it's the smug. It's the the overwhelming smug that radiates. That was my smug detector going off. The overwhelming smug that radiates from his channel and just soaks everything he does. He's nice enough to people that he thinks are in a position of authority to him when it comes to their knowledge of something. You can see that dynamic play out when he's pretending to learn something from someone in, on his YouTube channel. But like most arrogant jerks, uh, when he thinks he's the authority, he's happy to just rub your nose in it and be completely contemptuous of you. And I despise that attitude. I think fundamentally, 
icy Mike hard to hurt Pesesco is not helping anyone. He's entertaining, sure. Um, and, and I'd be lying if I said some of his videos weren't actually really, really entertaining. They're well done. They're well executed. They're high quality. You know, he obviously knows something about marketing or is working with somebody who does. Uh, hence his success. Um, but at the end of the day, this is not somebody who can offer you anything in terms of learning self-defense, no matter what he claims to the contrary. And all the false uh, humility that masks the massive insecurity and the arrogance that is itself a mask for the insecurity, that is all, that's him in a nutshell. That's, this is, you know, three or four tiny people who are really insecure about themselves wearing an arrogant trench coat who are in turn walking around in the two halves of a donkey costume that is labeled, I will teach you self-defense. And I just can't stand them. All right, I think that... I think that about sums it up. Um, I have been Phil Elmore. This has been the Martial Arts Podcast. Until next time, pretend I said something cool here. This has been the Martial Arts Podcast with Phil Elmore. Visit us online at linktree slash Elmore.